When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Forever. Hello, listeners. This is Skylar from Couldn't Help But Wonder. Um, I am just jumping in here at the top of the episode to provide a little bit of a content warning. This is a classic, very fun CHBW episode. All three of us are back, um, and we're so happy to be back. But we do get into some pretty frank discussions of death at the top of the episode. So if that is concerning for you, I would suggest jumping ahead uh, about 20 minutes in. Uh, but otherwise, I think it's all fun. And we're so glad to be back. Rose and Jamie are two best friends. And they love sex and the city. And they couldn't help but wonder do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmo, Lotion, Cheese, so many Every little dude, all the dudes. And we couldn't help but wonder. With Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't, Couldn't Help, Help But, but wonder. wonder. A podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to, to us. us. Okay, I haven't seen Jamie in a few weeks. I really missed her Shayna Punham. Um, mm. We all missed her. Uh Jamie, yes. you've been through a lot, and I, I loved the Instagram post that you posted about grief. Oh, thank you. I deleted it. Oh, I loved it. I thought it was so well written and beautiful. Thank but you for the saying point, that. But the I point found, is, like, a couple things where I was like, "That's not good grammar." That's oh, not I thought good it was English. gorgeous. I thought it was like Ugh, the first. Essay I like bailed on my own writing. I was Whatever, like a fucking idiot. It's fine. <laughs> but you've been through a lot, and you know. We missed you. Yes. Thank you. How are you? Yes. So for anyone who doesn't know, my dad unexpectedly passed away um, three weeks ago. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. And this is also not to make it about me, but I guess it is is at this point because he's not here. Um, Yeah. I mean, like two weeks before that, I got hit by a car. So and I'm going through a divorce. So I'm just kind of like. A little. I'm you were an atheist little, before, but now you're like, oh, maybe God's alive and he's just an asshole. Yeah, maybe God's the worst <laughs> man in the world. Wait, um, is God just Weinstein? I know. Um, so yeah, it's just been a little. And I, by the way, the only reason I even connect those things is just because it's like one it's after lot, the Jamie. other. It feels like. But I also don't want to do the thing where I like try to like 
create some like cinematic narrative like you know what i mean like we Jamie, love you're to do that to we do love to like you want you're going to i know but time. I, <laughs> yes i know but i so you look at things as stories i guess that's true yes, yes. I, I i think i'm just kind of like oh god like please like no more like just no more i feel like i'm under attack and uh i mean the divorce stuff is uh, actually that's that's more of a positive because like my ex and I are really good friends and I actually think it's like better for our relationship and there are like great things that have actually come out of that. So I don't see it as an end. I see it as a new beginning. That's um, really awesome. If you will. I really do feel that way. Um, but, uh, the other stuff, I mean, getting hit by a car was so terrifying. I mean, you saw me, I think the day it happened. Yeah. Yeah. It was just awful and scary. And then this happened and, um, yeah, I, I'm just a little, I don't I don't really know what to say. I think that something I'm learning from it, I guess, is like, um, oh, by the way, I'm a Miranda because <laughs> mom died. Um, in fact, I think I'm all the girls. Do any of them have dads? We don't know. I think they all met in an orphanage in Romania. <laughs> And they just so lost anyways, their accents as soon as they came yes, to the States. Exactly. They worked with a speech therapist to get rid of them. Mm. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, so. Is your mom okay? No, no. Yeah. I mean, the day that it happened, um, it was, I can't, there are actually no words to tell you the level of shock and like, the phone call like the phone I have like nightmares not about this situation not about my dad being gone I haven't had him like visit me in dreams yet or anything like that but the the situation of getting a phone call in the morning on a Sunday when like I was planning on just like going to brunch oh my uh, God. and then getting that call re- seeing a bunch <laughs> of missed calls on my phone like that whole thing that happens when something bad happens and you're like, oh, clearly something bad happened because why is everybody calling me at 7 a.m. on a Sunday? Oh, my God, Jamie. Um, so that part of it was, I mean, it was just so awful. And then my mom, like, watching her, like, basically, I mean, I don't even know if this is, it. it's not TMI, this is just what happened. But basically, in the middle of the night, um, on Saturday morning. This is so fucking dark. I'm so sorry. Jamie, I don't know. You if know this what? Is... Remember when I, my back, remember I, when I cried every week for months, this is life. This is what you're going through. Everyone listening loves you. Like, okay. Well, thank you for saying that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically in the middle of the night, like my dad. Okay. So that he, yeah. So he died like early on a Sunday on Father's Day, which is also oh like, God. come the fuck oh on. My God. Come on like what that's what i'm saying it's like how do you not make a story out of something that is so like a story like it's a fucking story yeah of course so then so basically he was not feeling well i guess on a on the wednesday before he started to feel a little weird he said he was having upper back pain Hmm. so his friend recommended him to a cardiologist Mm -hmm. and my dad like goes and gets physicals like he also looked really handsome and fit in pictures 
Yeah, he, I would say he was. Yeah, he was. He didn't. He didn't really exercise. He was never big at exercising. And I, I will say, like, but he was svelte. He wasn't an overweight guy. No, he was not. And he also lost a bunch of weight during the pandemic. Um, yeah. So, anyways, um, so he was not. He wasn't feeling well Wednesday, and then he goes to the doctor on Friday. Goes to the cardiologist. And the cardiologist is like, "Okay, we're going to put this monitor on you and we're going to watch you for 14 days and then you're going to come back. Okay. And so that was on Friday. And basically with this monitor, you like fill out this book explaining your symptoms on a daily basis. You journal while you're being monitored. Okay. So he he goes on a Friday to the doctor. The doctor sends him home with this monitor and then the next day saturday they had a fairly normal day he was still complaining about having upper back pain um i think on that thing that i read on the in the journal that i read when i went back home it did say something about heart fluttering um oh, so i can't I saw believe that. you had that journal that's so sad isn't that sad it's <laughs> yeah. horrible I mean, I'm so dead right now. Speaking yeah. of dead people, I'm yeah, fucking yep. dead. I'm like, whatever. I can just talk about everything. No, no, I, I haven't talked to you. I want to know what's happening. So anyway, so then Saturday, um, my mom and dad hung out. They went, uh, they got a new cat. They didn't <laughs> oh actually God. get the cat, but they went to look at the cat. Wait, um, I love like a cat look. Like They did. Like they did. They browsed. They did a cat. survey. Yeah. <laughs> Is she a bitch? Yeah, they, they did a drive by. Um, yeah, but they found this cat uh, that they got. Uh, okay. They were going to get him in a, in a few weeks because um, he still needed to be neutered. So they, mm-hmm. they didn't get him right away. But they went and like whatever, bought him okay. from the shelter or whatever you do. Right. Adopted him. Um, and then, um, yeah. And then they came home. And I think my dad was just like hanging out in the living room and my mom, whatever is in her room. This is kind of like how they did things. It's like separate television experiences, um, which is a bleakness, a bleakness on its own. But um, so then uh, so then (laughs) so then. Yeah. And then in the middle of the night at like 3 a.m., my dad goes to my mom and he's like, I really don't feel well. Um, and my mom, and he's like, I think I need to go to the ER. And my mom like jumps out of bed and she goes to, she realized he wasn't wearing shoes. So she went to find his shoes. And then he, she came back, I guess from her room is like in the back of the house. Okay. And so she like go or his closet. Well, yeah, his closets. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So she goes to the back of the house to get the shoes, comes forward. Our, our like guest bathroom is like further closer to the door of the house. Okay. And then he had like vomited and I know this is so fun. I mean, do you really want to hear this? No, tell us. So he, he had vomited and like passed out in, in by that time. And then my mom screaming flipping out calls 911 I mean to say flipping out it's like it sounds so trivialized it doesn't but, sound trivial yeah, hysterical calling 911 the the other part of this story is that Dallas is having a 911 crisis right now oh where people are being put on hold and it's oh all over the news it's a god. huge problem in Do Dallas they, they they're, under, they're wait- there's not enough yes. cops oh my that's god. what i've heard Wow. So, or they're like, don't have enough like EMTs or, or, reps or, or EMTs right. or yeah. I don't know. So there's oh a shortage God. of something. It's a huge problem. So my mom can like not reach 911. And she's like, are you fucking kidding me? She runs out of the house screaming into the street. 
It, this is 3 a.m. in a really residential na- neighborhood. Oh, Very quiet. I cannot Barely imagine. any cars. And this woman with her children, don't know why she's up at 3 a.m. with her kids, happens to be driving by. My mom, like, waves her down. Oh, my God. The woman goes in the house with my mom. Oh, my she's God. She's calling 911. angel. She can't get into, she can't get a hold of 911 either. She starts doing, like, chest compressions on my dad. It's like a whole thing. Finally, my mom is able to get a hold of someone. And um, the EMTs come. and. Um, he, I guess had, he'd already, so he had awesome. already died in the house. Like it happened very quickly. Was that um, a but then Jamie? we think so, but that was another part of this, which is, so in addition to the 911 thing, which by the way, like there's a loss, there's actually like a very legitimate lawsuit there. Obviously. Um, so my uncle is like trying, my uncle is trying to help my mom pursue that, but there's also just so much business and admin that comes with someone dying that like she'll get to it you know yeah, but actually there's no because everything is recorded and she has the log on her phone there's less of an urgency she's told she'll get to it um, when she can right but anyway so that happened and then then we were like but what happened what happened like my dad has not had heart problems like this is not a thing like he's he didn't never have high had cholesterol he didn't eat like meat all I the think time he had a cl- i think he might have had high cholesterol um but I don't really he know took how Lipitor. I know he took Lipitor, which I didn't know until now. I was like, Jesus, I didn't know that he was even like on that stuff. Um, but that's so scary anyway, for your mom. I can't believe it. So scary. And so she is just like not only like, you know, destroyed by grief, but also in such shock because it's not like the doctor admitted him to the hospital. So she kept repeating over and over to me like i don't understand why they didn't admit him like why didn't they admit him he they sent him home with this monitor and then he died less than 48 hours later like what is going on so in a way that was a big distraction at the top of it because everyone was kind of in this like solving a crime mode yeah between 911 and that Mm -hmm. and so that just it just added to the like feelings of just like confusion and disillusionment and um like trying to get answers yeah which i think you do no matter what even when you know why someone dies because of course grandmother she was dying of lung cancer and um but even when she died i was like but why did she die like what was the thing what was the and you're you're like uh, you're, you're always in that mode so i had had that experience before with my grandmother who i was very close to and was also like a like a complete live wire of a woman. Mom's like, mom like or she, dad's like, mom. Mom's mom not had not declined like uh, mentally. Yeah, at, like not not mentally, not even physically. Honestly, it was very quick the way it happened. Wow, like she had been. She had How been old on, were you? I was thirty. Oh, you you got to have her for your life. Like yes, yes, a hundred percent. And like she had. She had lung cancer. She had two surgeries. She's not a smoker. She just whatever. I mean, not that you have to be a smoker to get lung cancer. But anyway, she'd had two surgeries and then they put her on that. I forget the name of it. It starts with like a T or something. The um, that cancer medicine that really keeps it at bay for Mm. certain cancers. So she was on that for a really long time and was living with it. Um, So wait. So anyways, point is, uh, yeah, so I get there. So then this is the part I was going to tell you was that. To add to the 911 complication of everything, 
They also would not do an autopsy because the doctor, the same cardiologist, said it wasn't necessary. Like he communicated with the medical examiner and they were like, it's not necessary based on his previous health records. And I'm like, what previous health records? Like, this is not a man who had bypass surgery. Like, also, it's not up to you. You ask us if we want it. Apparently not. In the state of Texas, they decide. And then you can pay someone thousands of dollars to do a personal autopsy, which at first we were considering because we were just like, we need. It was a heart thing, obviously. An answer is obviously a heart thing. And, you know. Your mom, your mom is, your poor mom is going over and over again of what she could have done. And if I had kept him in the hospital and why did we go home? And to watch someone cycle through those thoughts out loud, like. Is and like really I, there, I, there was literally the night that I got there, the night that I got there, I literally like walked my mom like a dog minus the leash part. I literally had to grab her shoulders and like walk her around the block, like to get her like doing something. Well, I can't yeah. imagine losing somebody and feeling like if I had just I mean, there's your mom oh, did nothing I mean, wrong. You, but the fact yeah. that. that it's no, just horrifying. It's just horrifying. She can't. She she still can't. She she can't. She's like the guilt element. I mean, she, she did nothing wrong. It's like, yeah, and they it's also sent like, her look, home. even if she had like, quote unquote, saved him, do we know that he would have lived? No. Uh, you know, another no. year, we another don't. week. We, we don't, don't know, know anything. Exactly. I know. And also, I just keep thinking like, well, thank God he didn't suffer. I mean, like you do take you find you do find peace in that stuff like. No, you don't want I him, really like, in do. pain for years. I, I honestly don't. Yeah, and I mean, who knows what's going to... I mean, to be bleak, it's like, who knows how my mom will go? Like, I right. mean, I'm in that mode right now where I'm like, you know, like, this is it. This is how life is. And, like, I'm just kind of... I'm a little, like, uh, detached about mm-hmm. death and all of it right now. Like... You're shell-shocked, babe. I mean... Yeah, I'm a little shocked and, like... Honestly, man, I'm going to get so emotional. The worst part is like. There's also this thing of like, unless someone unless you've lost a parent, like you can't fully relate with people, not in a bad way, but like it is really isolating because Mm -hmm. you you, there are so many people who haven't lost their parents. Thank fucking God. Yeah. So there's like this added element of like. Oh, Nobody I just feel like I'm through. part of this like weird club and like everything I've ever heard about grief, which is the, the Instagram post I del- I deleted because I d- didn't like that I spelled pigtail wrong. Oh but, my god, Jamie! But I I I like it's all so incorrect and like it just pushes you further and further into this like void of feeling like you're in your own world which is so funny because so many people have dealt with this so you're not Mm -hmm. alone but you it's very lonely and yeah and then there's also this added thing of like like the way people show up for you is so surprising like you both you and Skylar there was like you just had a way of being like I'm here for you I love you you send flowers like that's that's a choice. That's that's a way to be there for someone. You love someone. They're a friend family. You're there for them. That's the whole point of being in people's lives is when shit hits the fan, you're there for them. It's not just the fun times. Yeah. Who are you this week, Rose? <laughs> <laughs> um, now I'm understanding how Jamie must have felt for 
three to six months where every time I said who I was, I was like hysterically crying. And then you had to be like, I had a okay week. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. so I get how you felt. Um, of course. I'm really, 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 you know, this podcast has been, we talk about it a lot. I mean, I always talk about how grateful I am that Jamie tapped me to be her co-host. I did, I tapped you. She tapped, tapped me and I, I had to tap in because um, it's a podcast, but it's, I think more than that, it's for me like a way to stay really close in touch with Jamie and Skylar. Because we just talk every week and I just like hear how you're doing. So I feel really grateful that we have this because it is kind of like an organized share circle because in (laughs) the meetings I've been to. Yeah, yeah, there is an element of like I go, then you go like it is. There's something cathartic about the way it's set up. A hundred percent. Who was I this week? Yeah, who were you? Um. I think I'm like the opposite of every single woman on the show because um, I don't know if this is something you guys uh, relate to. I don't think you will necessarily in a big way because, well, actually, I don't know. I don't know how you feel, but I have been working so hard for so long um, to like break through into television. And just because I got my first WGA job doesn't mean the second one's like right on the heels. Who knows how long it'll be, but now that I'm working, it took this huge thing that took so much time and space in my life off the table. It's like, okay, now I'm working mm. now. So I don't have to spend every moment mm. trying to figure out how I'm going to work. I'm working. Like, does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah, of course. So it's amazing. This, yeah. But there's this huge space now of like, um, what's my I next feel- anxiety? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. A little bit that. And also like anxiety jumping. You're like, what's going to be my next problem? Yeah. Yeah. More for me. It's like, okay, my personal life experiences, the better I'm doing mentally, financially, emotionally, the more space I have to think about things besides myself, because if I'm struggling mentally, emotionally, financially, I can't really be thinking about like of the course. world's problems. Of course. But once you of start, course. once I'm starting to level up on all those ways, I just have more space. And so like, I'm asking myself, like, what do I want to do with that space? And like yeah. for some artists, it would be like, okay, well, just cause I'm working on a show, I can like write my own stuff or like make stuff. And I'm not feeling that right now. What I'm feeling more is like, like, um, this is small and not a big deal, but like, uh, I've been, I've been really stressed out about like climate change lately and like extremely on edge about it. But the small thing is that I cleaned up the LA river, which is not a big deal, but like even being around people that also care about that and being with friends and spending a day, all I do is take, I spend money, I consume things. The amount that I give is very small. And so like even just doing one thing, for oh, two yeah, hours amazing. where I'm not taking anything. I'm just doing something better for the planet. That's literally like sizzling and like may not exist soon. So I think for me, like, and I just signed up for this USC, which is my alma mater has a day yeah. of volunteer service and they like list all these organizations. And so I'm going to do something with that. And then I have a friend that's like an amazing writer, but also like a climate activist. And so she and I are just kind of like, I think for me, the more successful I get and the more I don't have to be so stressed about work, I would like to spend my time like either doing kind of stuff 
that feels a little more service oriented and also spiritual. Cause like, I think a lot of people feel a lot of purpose with like having family. Like I have a friend who just had mm-hmm. a kid and the kid is three months and she's like so in love. And she's like this really successful showrunner. And she's like, she's like, I almost feel like I'm having an identity crisis. Like, I mean, I love writing, but like, I don't even give a fuck anymore. I feel like I could just like be with this kid all day. And, and like, I don't think I'm ever going to feel that way. Like, I don't think children are going to fill the like existential philosophical, like what should I be doing here on earth thing that I think it does fill for my sister and does for my friend and many, many people. And I don't even think writing is going to fill that for me because I'm writing on a cool show. It's not like I feel like my existential question is filled now, you know? So I guess I'm just in this mode of like, what's really meaningful? What do I want to do while I'm here? What's because just spending, I mean, listen, I love spending money. I love clothes and food, but like, that's a little empty if that's just like all your, for me, like at some point there's something else. Like, yeah, it's nice to put out when there's a lot in like it's it's nice to try to yeah. rebalance that a little bit yeah it's like i agree you know, i you think it's great always do that it's just if if your cup is overflowing that's a good place to and not even like people should do that i'm just feeling that i need something a little more meaningful no i totally agree i've had that thought recently i really yeah i've had a LA, couple of things stuff. that i was like i want to yeah i have a couple of things that i was like i would love to work for like a women's shelter yes. or like I I keep thinking about like specific types of volunteer work that I would really well, find fulfilling. I think, yeah, we this. should talk about it. Cause I am in the same boat where I'm like, what do I do? I mean, lately I've been just obviously so obviously out of it yes. that I can't do anything, but that's not like the normal. I would say I've had the same thoughts of like, I don't want to just work on shit all the time. I, I want to like live my life a little more. Yeah, like totally. there's so much to get involved in and, has nothing to do with scripts. I want to talk to you about that. Hustling. Too, I think another thing that's really inspiring that I feel like you'd really enjoy. Cause like I've taught some screenwriting classes and even like, I would love to do that. Yeah. Even just giving back and getting young inexperienced people excited about stuff. Like one of the things that was on the option list of like things you could do to volunteer was like, but you have to, to be a USC alum to get involved in that. No, no. Oh, okay. No, Can you what, send me that list then? Yeah, totally. Well, the thing is, and this is the like horrifying thing is I looked at the okay, list of things me. you could do. One of them okay. that sounded really fun that I feel like you'd be really good at that you and I should maybe think about doing together sometime okay. is like talking to like young high school students about like things they can do, like, you know, just like success and like how to, you know, you know, students at like disadvantaged high schools about like how to kind of. I would like, love that. Yeah, yeah. Like just from a successful, you know, and just turn people on to like there's. You, have you ever thought of being a TV writer? Do you like TV? Like this type of thing. Right. But the one I signed up for was um, this thing called Saving Innocence. And it's a nonprofit that works with child sex trafficking victims, which is obviously like Jesus. the heaviest thing you could possibly imagine. But it was the one thing yeah. on the list where I was like, I just felt like, yes, I want to be doing something for them. Right. And I guess we're going to make, I mean, it's so insane to think of the, that they're kids because we're making oh God. Like 40 goodie bags for kids. It's just like. And I was oh my telling God. my friend oh my about God. this on the LA river cleanup. And she's like, what are you going to put in the goodie bags? And then we just started laughing. Cause it was like the most gallows humor. It's like, I'm so sorry. You've been like, yeah. Sex yes. trafficking. Yes. Here's like, sorry a, for a all that. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, like yeah, yeah. stickers, like fuzzies. Right. And then the, the yeah. and then the jokes got really dark. Wow. It's just kind of like, 
Yeah, here's a stuffed animal. I mean, I, sorry, yeah. sorry. One of the worst things that can happen <laughs> happen to you. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Like the nightmare here's of some like swag. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we were saying, and I, I was like, when we're making these, are we allowed to like talk about other things? Like, I don't know, like mm. what the chit chat around the gift bags is gonna be. Like, oh my god, I really hope it's not like. Has anyone used this new lips? I mean, I'm sure it will be. I mean, we can't just talk about like. Some things are so dark that you honestly can't talk about. Them oh, a hundred percent. No, 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 no. They, they, you, that is the way that you dealt with that is how I would have as well. Like you can't. But anyway, yeah. I'm not, I'm like none of the girls because the girls could give two shits about anything. <laughs> I love the girls, but um, that is very true. Yeah, none. I don't think they ever have. They ever volunteered? What would they, they volunteer to do? I feel like they've never even recycled. They're like Samantha gets for involved. Cancer. Well, like, yeah, Samantha gets involved know. in like cancer stuff. Oh, the cancer kind stuff. Of she had not yes. she's in PR. <laughs> and she's in PR, so she was like helping with the PR. And it's like it's like you had it yourself. It's not like you cared about this before. Yeah, I feel like this has happened to us recently where it's like we've said this and then like somebody pulls a specific from like season 3 episode 6 or whatever and like shit. Yes, there was a total example where they were cool, but I like I don't remember them doing it. You guys, we double dog dare you to find anything where the girls are volunteering or giving a shit about the greater earth. Yes. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Jamie, kick us in. Okay, well, guys, today we are doing a CHBW mailbag episode. You listeners sent us, you listeners, you sent us your you questions, really and we have, yeah, we have answers for those questions. So we're just going to dive in. Thank you so much for submitting. And uh, yeah, we're excited to get to some of these. Um, I highlighted right. the ones that I thought looked interesting, but you, great. You want to start with one okay. that was interesting to you, James? Or Oh, I'll, yeah, I'll just start with one of the highlighted yeah, ones. This is it. great. Yeah. Okay. So making underscore lemonade asks, do you think that Carrie is a good friend? I personally don't think so, as she is rude to them and projects when they're trying to help, barely takes accountability, expects her friends to stand by her while she decides to repeat her mistakes over and over. And in my opinion, she just takes more than what she gives. I thought this was a very interesting question and a harsh, harsh judgment. What do you think, Jamie and Skye? What, what do you think? Do you think she's a good friend? Well, the fact that we're silent um, <laughs> makes think she, me think that maybe. Here's the thing. Can I go first? Please. I think our judgment on Carrie is our judgment on ourselves because everyone has had moments of bulldozing your friend's problems, making it about yourself, being totally. selfish. But, totally. But. She spends so much time with them. She helps plan their thing. She's there for them. Like at the end of the day, dollars and cents, she's physically there for her friends. Like, I don't know. I mean, I I don't think she's an amazing, perfect friend, but I think she's in general. But that would be annoying. Yeah. And you want your protagonist to have plenty of flaws, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think. But do you think she's a bad friend? 
I don't think she's a bad friend, but I think that she's a great example of no one friend can fulfill every single need you have. Same yes. as a partner. Yes. You're never going to find a partner who checks every single box in every single way for you. That is why it's also the same with a writer's room. You're never going to have yeah. a writer who's the one sole writer that makes like the, the show wheel good. turn. Yes. Like, yeah, I don't know what my metaphor was no, no, there, but anyways, yes. but you need a group because everybody brings something different to the table and it's, it's the, the amalgamation of all of it. That is what makes your life feel fulfilled. So I think it's very similar with friends. And I think that Carrie to me, her role is that she is like the social director of the crew, right. to quote Clueless, um, in that I think she is the person who gets people together and makes people hang out. Because I think everybody in this group is pretty sort of like set in their ways. They're a little selfish. They're a little in their own heads. Yes, they're yes. in their own worlds. And I think that Carrie's really good about like, be- for better or worse, like she just makes plans and gets people to places. I think that's right. So, I agree with that. and I yeah. have I have a family member who's similar to that. I mean, I love I love the person, but like their main, like their biggest strength to me is that they like make people assemble. They're good at like being like, let's do strength. a dinner. A let's do it. It is. It's huge. And like, yeah, I think that that is the role she plays. I think she's like the social director of the crew. And like th- that is the reason she's also the glue, I think, is because these people might not necessarily hang out if it weren't for her. Yeah, I think she like for a a, a person and a character, I think is pretty selfish. She's like as good a friend as she can be. Like, I think that she they're all selfish, every single one of them. Like, yeah, but I think Carrie's the most I think Carrie's the most selfish oh, of, of the core four. Yeah, maybe. And OK, wait, Sky, really quick. And I feel like we've talked about this before, but can you just like delineate what makes her more selfish than the others? Yeah, that's a good one. Thank you, Jamie. Yeah. What makes her more selfish than the others? I think it also could just be a vibe. I think well, part of it's fucking a, selfish, I would say. Yeah, but I think that Samantha. I think it all comes from a lot of like the contradictions in Carrie's character, whereas Samantha feels like a more self confident character. That's and I think, so Samantha owns her shittiness, which is yes, so exactly. Huge. That's that's what I mean. Good, where it's like she doesn't she doesn't overpromise and underdeliver. Exactly. And yeah, I think I, Carrie might be an overpromiser. Because there's bit. also like. Carrie, just especially like as established, like as the writer, she's like the one who's mining all of her friends' relationships for material constantly. Like, she's also a little bit of a like we've we've talked about how she's not the like most sexually open for a sex writer, so she really needs to that borrow from all these the other craziest. people. Like, there's just it. Also, her pairing with Big feels like it speaks to how deeply selfish she is, since he's a deeply selfish person. Like, it's just like. There are all these decisions that are like in the background of her character that feel comparatively more selfish to me than the rest of the core four do. Like, I think that Charlotte has like a big, a big hearted quality to her with her family. I think that Miranda, Miranda's well-intentioned and like, she's cynical, but she's like, she thinks of everyone. She's the one who shows shows up. up. Yeah. Miranda shows up. And I think Samantha, like an asshole, she wants, she'll be there. Absolutely. And I think Samantha is like knowing hyper knowing herself and like and and recommendations to everyone to be open all the time come from this place right. of like it's more supportive than I think Carrie ever feels to me. Um, I so I just think, think she's that, again like at the most 
she's a solid friend for how selfish she is. But I think the selfishness yes, is a big limitation. I think she's also very conflicted. Curious? Yeah. I think oh, she's I conflicted. I think she's very tortured. Yes. I think people where their whole brand is, I'm a good person. I'm a do-gooder. I give, I give. I Like my whole, my everything about me hinges on how good I am. Mm-hmm. I think that is a very slippery slope because I think it's, A, I think if you're a really, really quote unquote good person, you're not talking about how good you are all the time. And I feel like for Carrie a little bit, I think she thinks she's like this amazing friend. And she that's why she's these wonderful women around her, because she's such a good friend. But really, I don't think she lives up to who she wishes she really were deep down. And I think that is the source of her conflict. I'm very glad we're talking about this because the character Carrie gets a lot of shit in the press and among fans. And my instinct is whenever somebody's getting shit on, I immediately feel really defensive of them. And I was saying that's how I felt about Hillary Clinton when she was running Mm -hmm. against Trump. Because I I didn't particularly like her before, but then when everyone started calling her like an We're like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. And so this is why I feel defensive against Sarah Jessica Parker's character. Does she do selfless things? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Does she do mistakes over and over again? Yes. Is she codependent with men? Yes. But I think that when people are super annoyed at someone, it's because they're reflecting something inside of themselves that they don't want to see. That's so true. The level of like, she sucks. She's so blah, blah, blah. I really feel like people are talking to themselves. Oh, yeah. The vitriol comes from that. Yeah, because she well, she also she she's a scary part of all of us. Yes, exactly. And yeah, it's hard to watch that. On a second note. My. On again, off again therapist, I don't see him regularly, but my genius therapist um, does a lot of reading and, and research into neuroscience and the brain holds on to negative memories like 17 times stronger than positive ones. So, for example, if your partner does something nice for you, maybe you don't remember it, but if they do something shitty for you, it like moors into your brain or your parents or your friends, whatever. It takes 17 good things to like counteract like one bad memory. And so yes, Carrie does things that we can all quickly recall, but in six seasons, she's constantly holding Charlotte's hand, hugging Miranda, showing up to Samantha's cancer thing. So it's like, yes, we can all point to the things that she falls short on, but she's also consistently there for her friends and being physically there for your friends. Even if you say the wrong thing is a lot more than what most people do, I would say. Oh, a hundred percent. Totally. And, and also, I mean, especially having just gone through something where like, the showing up and how you show up is like it's so crucial like people don't even realize how much it means and how much you think about it like constantly thinking about it and like yeah she's like she will be there she's there there. she might end up talking about big she might but she'll be there there. so that's why i don't think she's the best friend of all time but no i don't think she's a bad friend i think she's a human friend She's also sort of a cautionary tale of like, this is what we're all capable of. And And we all do. And we all do. But she also shows you examples of how to be a good friend, but also showing you the underbelly of every human being 
and our instincts and our ego and all the things we have to fight through on a daily basis to then show up for other people and not think about ourselves constantly. Yeah, I think you're right. And like, I do think she's probably the more selfish one out of the four. But until Charlotte meets Harry and until Miranda decides to commit to Steve, they're pretty obsessed with their own problems. I mean, which is very relatable, I think. Yeah, I mean, everybody especially living in New York where it's like everything is like career, social, like it's all sort of boyfriends. Yes. It's like, of course, there's just like not it's a it's a, a city that feeds into you being the most you you can be it's like everything becomes about you and your experience in new york like it's very singular lens yes i also have to say something to just you guys um we could also split this up into many oh, episodes because okay cool we will yeah yeah yeah. because like we just finished one question no we literally <laughs> did one just question one more and yeah, that's pick it. one more yeah, and, yeah, then yeah. We'll, and then we're gonna we'll get to more we'll of these questions yeah, yeah. next okay. time great um, I'm going to go to, okay. I'm going to go to SF Deborah. Uh-huh. She asks, did the path of the podcast need to change as certain large aspects of sex and city began to quote, not age. Well, what started out as a celebration of the writing and relatability of the show has seemed to morph, at least from a listener's point of view. Have you sensed that too? Um, First of all, thank you for the question. I believe that from the get-go, when Jamie pitched this, we already knew that in addition to being giant fans of the show, that we wanted to address the things that we would have done differently and that don't age well. But I don't think, I mean, you guys are the listeners, so that's totally valid experience. But I, I haven't in my head thought that the purpose now of the podcast is just to call stuff out. There's still stuff that I love. And I do think mm-hmm. we call out the things that we love. You might be reacting to the fact that we just finished sex and city too, which is like a fucking dumpster fire. <laughs> and so it's mostly calling out, but I think for a lot of the show, there were still lots of things that we thought were pretty excellent in terms of like writing and acting. What do you think, Jamie? Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, I, I don't think we ever set out with like a mission of uh, I don't know. I because, yeah, we we were aware when we started it, like certain things hadn't aged well. And I know we were excited to get into those moments, but also we are coming at it from the standpoint of being huge fans Massive and like fans. and also seeing like how groundbreaking the show is and how important it is and how it like really like laid the foundation for other shows with women at the center of them to move forward and be on TV and be in the spotlight. So yeah, I think that it's, uh, I think it's kind of two prong. I think anything that you truly, truly love, whether it's like a show or a person or what have you, like you're going to see the flaws as well as the things you love about it. And I think like that is the sign of truly loving something. So to me, yeah. yeah. Yes. Because if, if it's one dimension, just like, I love it. Then it's like, Oh, do you? Like, right. Because love is like very messy. So I feel that Ooh, way about Jamie. this show. Yes, I agree. I like what you said. It's like America. It's like you can love America. Absolutely. And be critical. Yes. Totally. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I Because I also wonder, like, I, my experience wasn't that like we got like way more critical of it over time. But I also think that it there is two roses or, earlier point that like there is a lot of tough stuff, tough stuff stacked right at the end here, basically, with the last two movies. Also, it's tougher that um, 
that SATC the last two, two movies that we turned are, into six episodes yeah. of this show is so fucking funny. <laughs> but but it is tough that like like Sex and the City two came out in 2010, which like middle Obama president. It's like this period where it it doesn't quite feel like the the blind spots in that movie should be in that movie at that time, and you're a little bit more disappointed as a result that like they're showing up this close to us now. But also like. I this is another question that we got was like what is everybody's favorite episode and I I don't want to like push us all to answer that right now but like I think that my full on favorite episode of the whole run is like an almost end of the show episode which is splat the episode where the woman falls out of the window I think that episode's incredible so it's like incredible 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 is that that mine too I can't answer that question yet I don't remember all of them but that's all to say that like I think that there's a lot of incredible stuff going toward toward the back half of the show just as there's like season is my favorite season i mean it's so emotional yeah so i I, my experience wasn't that it got like way more critical and and a lot less celebratory but uh there is a there are a lot of things to criticize in this section a little bit so maybe my experience isn't the same as the listener's experience yeah you guys i'm about to do something come with me on this spaceship to tangent land we're about to go to tangent (laughs) land i have something to say about something that my mm. friend Lindsay brought up to me and now I can't stop seeing it. Okay, tell me. I love okay, Lindsay. Okay. She's great. She is. We'll all hang out when you get here. Um, okay, well, while you were talking, um, Skylar, I was thinking about season six and how much I loved it. And then I was thinking about, you know, how emotional it is and Charlotte and Harry. And then I started thinking about Harry and like how disgusting that episode was when he was like <laughs> sitting on the couch and like how fucking truly sick that is. And then I was thinking about, <laughs> and then I was thinking about how like Jewish men on the show are always like gross. <laughs> and then I was thinking about how they do that a lot in general. Cause like I'm watching this excellent show called physical on apple tv and rory scoble is excellent wait what show is that it's rose Byrne and mary holland love it oh my god i cannot wait it's like unreal it's oh so i'm gonna good. watch it i'll watch it after yeah, this it's like glow but maybe even better somehow <gasps> like yeah but rory scoble plays her jewish husband what and is he jewish no which is another problem oh by yeah huh and I was like, you know, what's funny is like, there's all this like Jews run the medium, blah, blah, blah. But Jewish representation is still kind of pretty bad. I, I would say on TV. There's, I mean, there's that movie that's all about um, sitting Shiva and everybody in it. All the main actors are not Jewish. Oh. It's kind of wild. This is the thing that Lindsay and I talk about. It's like in every other ethnicity and race, you can never I mean, you used to be able to like Charlton Heston. They used to put brown face on him and make him like a Mexican or like Mickey Rooney and that horrific breakfast at Tiffany's. But like, that's not allowed anymore. But for some reason, you can get Gentiles playing Jewish characters. Mrs. Maisel isn't Jewish. I know they're they're turning the shrink next door, which is all about these Jewish therapists into a TV show. And it's Paul Rudd and, and Will, Will Ferrell. Ferrell. Rory Scovel's playing this Jewish guy. Shiva. It's like. I think it's fucking minstrelsy to have a white person being like the corned beef in the locks. It's like <laughs> gross. Like get a Jew to play these Jews. That is like, we run Hollywood. Let's start running it. There's so much self hatred among Jews and, <laughs> and people that hate Jews in general that I actually think it is. No, I'm laughing because it's so Jews. true. No, I'm people laughing because it's so Jews. true. They don't, they don't want to see them on TV and they don't want to see them in film. So even if you do something Jewish, 
you have to have a, a Gentile play them. It's so it's so offensive and irritating. It is offensive. That's I also such wanted a good to. Point. I also wanted to note the movie I was talking about was This Is Where I Leave You. And then there's an excellent uh, recent Shiva movie, Shiva Baby, which is actually like stacked with Jewish actresses. Oh, I remember that. I remember that. It's really funny. It's really, I I love it. It's like a horror movie. It's it's incredible. But also it's a comedy. It's so good. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. But anyway, I think that that is a weird problem that I don't under, I think casting a white person to play another race is offensive. And I think casting a non-Jewish person to play Jewish is like really disgusting too. (laughs) I'm really (laughs) glad you said that. And I could not agree more. Yeah. It's like, are there not enough Jewish actors? I don't think that's a problem. I mean, my favorite part of this whole thing was like, Jews run Hollywood. Then let us run Hollywood. (laughs) 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 Oh my God. I'm obsessed. uh, I'll just take off my yarmulke oh, now. That relax. is so funny. Okay, so I guess that brings us to the end. Jamie, oh my keep us into our segment. Okay, you know what time it is. I'm horny for Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show. So we end each episode by sharing what we are currently horny for. Rose, what are you horny for right now? Okay, I have two huge ones. Okay. Okay, something I need to say just to set this up. I write for television. I love television, but my first love was indie film. Like my parents have unreal taste in film. When I was a kid, I was watching Almodovar, Cassavetes, like the weirdest, coolest, like since I was a child and all I wanted to do was make film. So I don't just like movies. I like films. Feel free to barf, cancel me. Like that's how I feel. So when I see an unbelievable film, that's the reason that I do what I do. It's like pretty earth shattering to me. And that was last night's screening of Zola by Janixa Bravo and Jeremy O'Harris. That is the kind of film that will make people want to be filmmakers and that make people that work in film and television feel like this is why I'm even trying to do this. Like the vision is so singular. She's so talented. She's like a Martin Scorsese for like our time. Like her talent is basically unrivaled. Her voice is so clear. The writing, the acting, every frame is gorgeous. If you like, like, yes, I like Legally Blonde and I'll go see Guardians of the Galaxy, but that's not a film. A film is something else. This is a film. And so if that is something that you appreciate, like, please see this. This is like a game changer. Like, oh, I can't wait. Yeah. So that's an absolute, like, there are not enough words. But then the other thing, as I mentioned, is on Apple TV, the show Physical. And let me say, Rory Scovel's not Jewish and plays a Jewish guy. That's not his fault. That's casting. He's incredible. He's such a good actor. I, so I talented. think he's so funny. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. So and he's amazing in the role. So nothing to him personally. But the show is, I literally subscribed to Apple again just so I could watch it. And it's oh, worth, I love that. Yeah, watch it. It's a dramedy. Uh, don't tell about, me anything else. I almost, it. it's a dramedy. I almost don't want to hear. I just want to watch it. It's a it. dramedy and it takes place in the 80s. All you need to know. Jamie, what are you horny for? Oh, God. I know. Like, if you can even feel horny anymore. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty dead down there for pretty much everything right now. Um, What am I horny for? Well, I guess I don't know if this is. Yeah, it's fine. Um, I'm horny for uh, the impact uh, this loss 
has had on my health because now I am like not fucking around. I already was like gymming it up. I was, I'm very active. I, I love working out for my mental health. You've already been strong for a while. I've been strong, but food wise, I was fucking all over the place because I was in and listen, I, I, I guess I'm going to say trigger warning. Cause I, I know everybody, I mean, especially women, we, really, has an eating disorder. we really struggle with knowing how to eat, what to eat. Should we eat everything? Should we eat only certain things? I am currently, and I'm just speaking for myself. I am currently in a place of saying, you know what? It is okay to eliminate certain foods because yes, I, I think it's good to have a healthy relationship with food. And I do believe in everything in moderation to a degree. But for me personally, that was not working because I was not good at, I think I was using that as a crutch to really eat poorly. And now I'm just in this place of like heart health first, yes. everything is about heart health. And so, so does that I mean, no red meat, no eggs type of thing. Um, I still eat eggs. I right. do eat egg whites, although eggs That's are good. not really problematic. I've heard, I've heard they have oh, the good, good cholesterol and like, okay. don't worry about yoking it up. That's fine. Okay. But I am strictly, at least for the time being, who knows if it'll change, <gasps> but I am strictly like no gluten, no dairy. Okay. No deep fried food, That's like good. nothing That's battered. Good. Yeah. Um, and no red meat or anything really other that than sounds good, James. I'm just like, and also, yeah, I'm, it's like, it is restrictive, but it's a, it's restrictive in a way that feels manageable. And I just want to like lower any inflammation in my body. Yes. I'm still drinking alcohol, not as much as I was. I mean, I already talked about this in previous episodes. I was on a real bed. New York really changed her. (laughs) Yeah. But I like, I'm going to try to drink like more wine and like not drink cocktails all the time. Like I just really want to like shape the fuck up. So and I don't mean shape up in terms of like weight loss. I mean, like shape up, like, like heart, gorgeous, heart. get it together. Yeah. You know what, Jamie, when you were talking about all the things you couldn't eat, I was like, I'm hearing that you can still eat all the Asian food and all the sushi. Oh yeah. hundred percent. No I, dairy, not, no gluten. This is, That's just this like, is yeah. not, no dairy, no gluten. Yeah. No fried food. Um, and no like fried butter, is, no yeah, butter. Who cares about fried food? It's like, I'll do nasty. olive oil, but I don't need butter. And, uh, Good thing you're coming to LA cause LA can definitely accommodate. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, it's really, I'm just really trying to not die. I'm very spooked. <laughs> I don't want you to die. So I'm hundred percent in favor of this. I'm so excited that you're coming to LA and that I get to see you and hug you I and know. see the dogs and see the house. Also for listeners of it, we haven't made it clear. Cause I think you can probably tell we're kind of being groovy with this format and just kind of going with our flow, but we are going to continue answering your questions for the next few episodes. Also feel free to keep sending them. We still have a long list, but we're just taking we do. our time and we love you guys. And you know, we love your messages and we're just sort of like, we're easing out of this whole experience on our own timeline. That's right. That's right. We are. Okay. Um, I love you okay. guys. I'm I love so you guys. Yeah. I'm so happy to see you and thank you listeners for listening. And Yeah, we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod. And follow my co-host, Rose Cerno, on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host, Jamie, at ReallyJamieLee on Instagram and at TheJamieLee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app if you're nasty. It helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Joe Cilio, Alex Ramsey, and Brett Boehm. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.